tell you that together we are unstoppable. During this season my goal is to provide you with stories from amazing women and business owners which will help you to adopt, grow and exercise that entrepreneurial spirit and mindset that already exists within you. I hope these stories allow you to learn, scale and become more resilient. I hope they can show you how to build your dreams and open doors. Remember that you already are exceptional and you deserve to sit at any table you desire to be in. You were meant for greatness. So let's get loud. Own your today. Own your story. And let's build together a better tomorrow. Welcome everyone to another episode of Transcend with M, Know Her Story. And I'm very lucky today because I not only have one, but I have two amazing women with me, Kid and Lauren. And I cannot wait for you to hear their stories, why they're doing what they're doing, and why supporting women for them is so extremely important and the work that they are doing towards changing the landscape in insurance for that. Now, we know this is not an insurance-specific podcast, but this podcast is extremely proud to highlight any work that any woman in insurance is doing out there. And I am extremely grateful for being able to, uh, you know, interview the two of you. So welcome. How are you? Great. Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's going to be such a great dynamic. And I hope, I hope I can, I can keep up with the two of you because you're <laughs> extremely amazing. So let's do this. I am going to pass the ball to Lauren. And when Lauren's done, then Kit, you can jump in and sharing your story. So kick us off, Lauren. Like, what's your story? What's your, what's your background? You know, what do we need to know about you? Man, yeah, sure. Uh, thank you so much again for having us. Uh, I was just, uh, we were just talking earlier. We're so excited to share that we were recognized. Our The thing that we are working on, Kit and I, was just recognized by Fast Company as a world-changing idea for 2022. That has gotten us a lot of attention recently. Um, we've gotten more traction on our website, which is uh, safeatworkpolicy.com. Can't tell you um, how exciting that is for us because this is our passion project. Um, so we're listed on Fast Company with, you know, Frito Lay and huge corporations that are doing the good work. Dole uh, Dole Fruit is up there. So we know we're doing something right if our side gig 
is getting that kind of attention. So we're pretty excited about that. So uh, seeing a lot of people, yeah, yeah, we're, we're stoked. Um, seeing a lot of people coming to safeatworkpolicy.com and um, would be so excited if anything that we say today resonates with folks who are listening. If they wanna come to the website as well, uh, you can sign up to join our movement. Um, so we are gonna be changing structures in the workplace together. So if this gets you excited about that, uh, then please come join us. But yeah, I mean, in terms of my backstory, um, I think that, I don't know, my background's probably pretty similar to a lot of people who end up places they don't expect. Um, when I left college, I was really excited about becoming a theater director and producer. And uh, that is not at all what this talk today is about. But in order to do that, uh, I needed to have, you know, pay and you know, health insurance, things you need to get through life here in the US. So I had day jobs, you know, fairly meaningless uh, day jobs. And they all sort of pointed me in the direction of finance, which is all very happenstance. You know, it's just sort of the gigs you get and your resume kind of builds itself. But these were just jobs. Um, one day uh, in one of those jobs, I was assaulted. And uh, when that, yeah, I know. Spoiler alert, it's awful. Uh, so when that happened, I felt all of the feelings, you know, it, you go through these emotions and very quickly, I got through those and looked around and saw that I was not alone. And then all of a sudden it became far more disturbing, right? This isn't about one person. This is about so many people. Oh, interesting. A lot of my coworkers who are female have already left and I see people leaving in droves and now I'm considering leaving. So what's really going on here? You know, and in my role in that job, I would have the opportunity to talk to senior women in the same industry. And I asked them because, right, there's no reason not to in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, hey, has this ever happened to you? And everybody had a story. And that's when I realized, okay, this is a pandemic. You know, this is a pandemic that we need to face and we need to make systemic change. And that's that's when, um, you know, through that through that process of trying to figure out that change and what we can do and what levers there are to pull, I started looking at insurance. I did not work in insurance at the time. <laughs> insurance was this veiled thing, which I think is very intentional. And uh, that's when I went on the road to find who ended up being Kit. And I am endlessly grateful day after day uh, for having found her. That's amazing. I mean, for a person who loves theater and it's like a people person and you can tell if you were watching right now, uh, <laughs> and your insurance is kind of like very unexpected. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my goodness. But Kit, roll it in. How about your story like take it take it from there like you guys met and then what's your what's your what's what's the back end there so as i always say um you know in my movie version of this story i'm a partner at a law an international law firm i'm wearing four inch heels i'm wearing a power suit I'm suing insurance companies, which is what I did for a living at the time, uh, you know, and I had been an insurance lawyer since 1990. 
Um, and Lauren and I, Lauren introduced herself to me seven years ago. So I've been an insurance lawyer for a very long time. Um, I had done reinsurance. I had done, you know, I had worked for insurers. I had worked for policyholders. I had done just about everything you could possibly do except for auto insurance. Um, and uh, Lauren came to me with this idea, which is that, you know, people are not reporting sexual harassment in the workplace because if they go to HR, HR ha has a bunch of stuff that kicks in seemingly mysteriously. Um, but a lot of the, the mystery is bound up in employment practices, liability insurance and the way that it works technically. And so, you know, as you've seen, Lauren's a very lovely, charming person. And I thought, wow, that's nice. And that's an interesting idea. And we went out to lunch. We had a great time. And I actually went back to my office and read an EPL policy from beginning to end and then was sort of struck in that way. If you're an expert in something and somebody who knows nothing about it comes to you with beginner's eyes and points out something about it um, that you had never realized, it was truly astounding to me. Um, the way that EPL insurance was working in workplaces to confound HR professionals and confound, um, you know, survivors of all kinds of harassment. Um, so we started working together to figure out how to change this massive structure that runs through the middle of lots and lots of companies. And we've been at it for seven years. I think probably one of the hallmarks of our relationship is perseverance. Um, you know, as you can imagine, insurance companies are not eager to change their policies. They're not eager to change um, the way they do things. And they're certainly not eager to hear from us. So it's been quite a, a journey. I can, I mean, I, I, I thought I had a lot of years of insurance, but granted, I will not talk insurance with you <laughs> <laughs> because I, I am like, I'm already intimidated by it. Like, it's like, what are the things that kids know that I don't know? But anyways, that's really amazing. Right. So. So tell me a little bit, um, and I'm very intrigued about, you know, how, how this relationship unfolded, because you have, you know, an individual that has gone through a very traumatic experience, right? And then you have an individual that loves fighting for that other individual that, you know, has the traumatic experience. And I, so how is this flourishing into having to deal with the carrier or the employer or that person that is mostly at fault, right? Because now we're, we're talking the, the terms of, of, the, of the lawsuit here that is at fault in order for you to pitch this idea about, hey, bro, you gotta, you gotta change it. So this is, this is what happened to me and this is what I, what I need you to do. So take me through the journey of, of that development, that relationship development and, and how are you guys kind of, um, I will say, uh, cohabitating with <laughs> those feelings 
I'm sorry. Did I put you in the spot? I apologize. No, no, it's, it's a great question. And um, something that's really important that you just asked about is there's this assumption, <clears throat> particularly in the insurance industry, that there will be a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how incorrect that is. Nine times out of <clears throat> nine times out of eight, there's no lawsuit because there are so many obstacles in the way of their being a lawsuit. So let's say that you work at a company, right? Any company. If you're an employee of that company, the likelihood of your having the resources and the knowledge and the wherewithal to bring a lawsuit against your own employer, I mean, how many things get in the way of that? Literally everything. You stop feeling like you will be getting paid regularly. Do you just have hundreds of thousands of dollars to match the legal costs that a company can put forward initially? It doesn't make any sense. The problem is the way that insurance is currently written, and I know far less than Kit does, is it also makes that assumption. And it's very dangerous because it is such a rare occurrence that the lawsuits come to bear. So let's assume, because this is what the data say, that the lawsuit isn't gonna come. And really the fallout is happening for recruiters. The fallout is happening because you have talented people leaving companies because somewhere within the bounds of a company, a person is working who is mistreating uh, often his coworkers. And so, the problem continues because there is no system in place to check that maltreatment. And that's really like, that is so fundamental to the work that Kit and I are doing. It's just when you talk about real life, you are not talking about endless lawsuits. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that when we started working together, that's, that's Kit's world. You know, she's, she's an attorney who's used to going to court about stuff. But, you know, I had for years been working what I call day jobs. I'm not going to take any of those employers to court. I didn't have the resources to do that. Like, I certainly didn't want to relive the trauma because that's exactly what you have to do as a survivor who wants to bring suit. And then you have to not be believed generally through that process and prove to other people that something happened. Like, that's just not sustainable. That is not self-care. And the promise of something actually changing is so small. Um, and it's, so it's really, it's really such a, um, false assumption that that is overall what people do. <laughs> it sounds exhausting too. I mean, yeah. just to hear the back and forth in a second, I'm already exhausted of like, right? <laughs> imagine, imagine having to go through the process of, you know, the, the emotional toll that that will take on you, especially mm-hmm. when you know, maybe you are, you, you need the money and you have to stay working at that employer until the problem is solved. Like how worth it it is to go through the process, right? And I think that's where most people kind of stay hush-hush, right? Like it, it is unfortunate, but it is, it is true. So right. Kit, from, from your experience, tell me a little bit about, you know, how this relationship is forming and, and, and why, um, you know, through the years, this has become more of a, um, let's, let's kick you off the curve, kind of maybe, maybe pay you a, 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 
severance package for it and get away? Or, you know, are there the brave out there that have actually gone through with the process? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the great resignation has highlighted a lot of this um, and really thrust it into the, the, the um, popular culture. So um, MIT Sloan published um, some very interesting research on 1.5 million posts on Glassdoor, um, where this research team ran um, artificial intelligence algorithms through these posts of people who had left their jobs and the, re and the reasons why they had left their jobs. Number 16 for the reasons why people left their jobs was compensation. And the top five reasons were disrespectful environment, a non-inclusive environment, an unethical environment, a cutthroat environment, and an abusive environment. And they, the authors categorize these reasons for leaving as the toxic five, right? So throughout my career, because I've always been interested in women's equity in the workplace, I had various leadership positions in my law firm where I would watch women leave and I knew why they were leaving. Um, and everybody around them knew why they were leaving, but the law firm didn't know why they were leaving because of the structures that were set up. Nobody in their right mind would jeopardize their education, their professional resume, their future prospects by going to HR and saying, I feel disrespected and not included, right? I think only in the past maybe five years has there been right. enough light shown on this to make a difference. So now we have from the ground up, lots of women who feel empowered to say something and to do something. But then when they do, they run up against these structures, these invisible structures that are HR policies. And the HR policies are often derived, whether intentionally or not, from the way insurance works, which is to cast the claimant as an adverse party. Um, and as soon as you're an adverse party, you know, you're, you're in a lot of trouble because the insurance company is against you and your employer is against you. And so now that structure looks crazy to us as we listen to companies say, you know, we value our employees. Our employees are stakeholders. We want our employees to be safe at work. And, and either that's purpose washing or gender washing, um, which makes employees feel crazy, or it's a genuine desire to change things and not realizing that they are butting up against their own internal structures. And yeah, we very much think it's the second. It's not like, I mean, for sure, the powers that be, like none of this is, um, <laughs> none of this is all that hard to fix. Yeah. And no one is really motivated enough to do it yet, but pointing it out is the first step to changing it. 
And I think what Kit and I have discovered is that it's not that hard to change. But something that Kit said earlier is that when you change any big structure, you really need to persevere. You need the stamina that, um, you know, that women naturally have, yeah. <laughs> are well, forced to have <laughs> to keep stuff I like think, this going. <laughs> you know, I think, I think change can be happening faster than probably is. The problem is the politics around it, the optics around it, the money around it. It's a really convenient to me to do this regardless of, you know, the right thing to do, right? So I think there is there is so much politics on the workplace that, you know, a lot of things are, oh yeah, we're inclusive. Oh yeah, we're this. Oh yeah, we're supporting X, Y, and Z. But when you look into the policies internally, which nobody takes the time to do so, and something happens, that's where the cat gets ugly right like it's just mm -hmm. it's just um a whole other and now you're the black sheep because there is in our world it's unfortunate but but true there is no feeling in business and even though most people say you know we have an open door <laughs> it doesn't really happen that way so it's really intriguing to see how, you know, little by little, you know, small step and small step, um, we are kind of coming together as a coalition to make this change, right? Because, you know, that's one of the reasons I joined, for example, Insure Equality, right? And then we have other powerhouses like Sarah Muniz, who just um, released an amazing book about undiscovered voices. And then we have you guys doing the work that you're doing. So let's get into that. What is that you are changing? Because now we know the why you are, but what it is. So let's, let's dig into that. Kid, I can so, do a bit of, yeah, I was gonna say, if you wanna you start go, anything. You, you go ahead, Lauren, you go ahead. <laughs> so uh, yes, uh, as we discussed before, as Kit mentioned, um, the biggest problem currently with the system of, hey, I am a person who has experienced uh, workplace sexual harassment or sexual violence. We need to sort of understand the system before we talk about the solve. The system right now says, okay, uh, we've gotten this report of something having gone south, and we're going to investigate that instance. And the way that insurance currently works is once you say something has happened to me, uh, the person who is the survivor also becomes a claimant. So now you, the claimant, I have incurred this horrible thing, is facing your employer not as an ally but as an opposition so now the company is very worried that you are going to sue which again we have just talked about generally does not happen uh is very worried you're going to sue and so in order to avoid losses you are pitted against your own employer this is the same employer again as kit was just saying that says we care about employees we want to take care of our employees so the way insurance currently works is opposite of what companies say. 
is that we want to protect our employees. We want to make sure we have a safe working environment. We value women in particular. So that's the current system that we're functioning in. All we're doing, it's a very simple change. All we're doing is flipping the script so that the company is not posited against the quote unquote claimant. The company is in fact on the same side. Uh, its interests, its future, its reputation is aligned with an employee who comes forward and says something has happened. Um, I incurred sexual violence or harassment. And the person who now takes the role of the opposition is the person who did the assailing, who did the harassment, et cetera, et cetera. We are not in any way proposing a different assessment tool. Companies currently have their own assessment tools, generally HR, sometimes a third party will come and do a bit of an investigation. And so we're not changing that at all. We, we are not trying to mess with that system. That is something that is generally fairly sensitive for companies. But once an assessment has been made, you know, if an HR head hears, yep, it's true, employee A was victimized by employee B, then what we're trying to do is make it so the clear and only choice is that victim B becomes the opposition to the, to the company being a good place to work. It just makes common sense. So, so there's a couple of analogies here that might help um, tease that out a little bit. Yeah. So I try to give the like bread and butter, like I don't know anything that I am talking yeah. about from an insurance standpoint. Because mm -hmm. I totally understand what you're saying. But I think from 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 people, and I mean this is you know specific to insurance and whatnot, but every company buys insurance right so it's mm -hmm. not as specific to the insurance industry it's a specific to the insurance that you have in place in order to help the victim and and, and and then what you have in place as an employer to protect your employees am mm -hmm. i am i saying that right yeah okay. all right so think of it in terms of risks right you have the risk that someone will sue you if they slip and fall in the lobby of your building. Total stranger, unknown to you, slips and falls in the lobby of your building and breaks their leg. That, that person is the enemy, right? Because they might sue you, they might ask you for money, they might ask to have their medical bills paid. You don't know them from Adam. But now look at the risk of an employee being harmed. That employee is not a stranger to you. That employee, you have invested in that employee. They, um, you know, they are part of a network of relationships within your company that are very powerful. Um, and, and an employee is very um, difficult and expensive usually to replace. So that when that employee is harmed, they're not a stranger unto you. And the risk is not that they will ask you for compensation. The risk is that they will leave and take others with them. And that, you know, your the fabric of your employee networks are now ripped, right? So you would treat 
uh, the employee in this situation, how Lauren and I think of the employee, we think of that person as an asset. That's a company asset, just like a truck or, you know, <laughs> a desk, right? If your property, if your, if your employee is damaged, then you want to fix that person. You want to help that person. You want to compensate that person. You want to counsel that person. You want to keep that person. And so that those are the kinds of changes that we're really looking at. And I do not in any way, shape or form mean to say that employees are property. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's, um, I mean, honestly, that's the risk that you run in anything. Like it's, you know, if like, let's say I were to buy a, 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 a property with multiple units is the same. And like, I run that same risk, right? Like it applies to everyone. And I think, you know, what is, what blows me away is that what it started as a, you know, a specific issue because of an, a specific experience now actually can be used um, and, and applies for the rest of the population, right? Because regardless of your gender or whatever you like to identify yourself nowadays, which I can't keep up with because, you know, it's too much, um, you should be protected. And that's the bottom line here, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think it's uh, all you're trying to do is protect the people, right? Am yeah. I, am I wrong with that? No, 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 that's you, perfect. So if, if in your, in your workplace, you had something wrong with your HVAC system that was making employees sick and making them quit their jobs, you would spend a lot of money to fix that HVAC system. And when you think about it, harassers are very similar. I mean, they very seldom do they just harass one person. They actually harass lots and lots of people and make lots and lots of people uncomfortable all the way to sick, all the way to physically harmed, right? You want to get rid of that person. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, we all, a certain degree, have to think about not just how we're protecting ourselves, but how are we protecting the people that actually makes our business successful and like it or not you know mental health emotional health um all these types of issues that weren't discussed before are coming more and more into light and we really have to understand that even though we always say there is no feeling in business you have people people that's what they that's what they are they are a whole ball of feelings like like it or not that's that's what it is that's what it is you know and and everybody's moody and everybody is like so you know it it, it is important to recognize that we are not machines and you know leaving you know home at the door is no longer an option right like we carry yeah. all these things with us and just like if something happens on the workplace, we don't leave it there. We, we, we carry it home too, right? So yeah. um, I think we have to start doing a better job about 
talking about all these topics at work just because yes there has been a huge undertaking just like kids said in the past five six years but there's a long way to go I mean you said it earlier the great resignation it wasn't more about the money it wasn't about the money at all basically it was more about you know screw you <laughs> yeah I'm not gonna be under this pressure anymore like you know I'm well, yeah and I think you know the purple campaign has really highlighted this in yeah. their work that I think a lot of employers don't know what is happening because it is not being reported because right. these structures these invisible structures like insurance like mm -hmm. HR policies that are based on the insurance yeah. tell people from reporting and then companies don't know so you can have a toxic workplace and actually something very interesting in the MIT Sloan research showed that even companies that have really positive cultures and are really great places to work have these little pockets of toxicity okay. and it's hard there's lots of attrition over in unit b and nobody knows why there's lots of attrition in unit b yeah. well you know if you dig in one millimeter below the surface <laughs> you will find that there's some kind of you know, injustice going on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's, and it is all humans, right? We have to remember that like companies are not people, but they sure are full of people. And that's how right. these uh, systems get screwed up in the first place. We are all just human. We're all just doing our best. These insurance policies became standardized before women were even allowed to broadly be in the workplace. So of course there's no, allowances for these types of problems. But I think what's really exciting is the opportunity for entrepreneurial minded people, particularly entrepreneurial minded women, to not just identify the broken cog in the system. We are so good at that. We are so good at big picture thinking, broken cog in the system. There is an opportunity to stand up and say, there's probably someone, if I can identify the problem, there's probably someone who can help me fix the problem. And that's exactly what happened with Kit and I. And, and I think that I would just encourage everyone listening to not be um, satisfied with the discovery of the problem, but just go after it. You know, it is yeah. so great. I can't tell you day after day, I'm so excited that uh, Kit and I have become friends, that like I, my life has changed dramatically uh, for the better because of her. And so I, you know, I would just encourage everybody to like not be satisfied with the system as it stands. Well, here, I, here. Think it's, <laughs> I think it's a matter of understanding that there is always going to be someone interested on what is happening to you and that is interested on making the changes because somewhere in the world your story also exists right like might not be the same story but it will be similar story and it does exist and there's people maybe thinking about it but not bold enough to take action and if you are the one that is bold enough to take action then put it out there put it out there even if you start on your own there are people that is going to be coming to you sooner later when the time is right 
you will find the people that can support you. And I think that's the most beautiful thing that can happen, right? Because then you are taking action towards it. Um, there is nothing that bothers me more than hearing people complain and coming without solutions. Like, like you have a problem, think about it. What would be the solution you would want? Even if it's not possible, like what will be the solution? And then let's make it possible, right? Like you can complain all you want, but it's, it's important for you to take action. And I think, you know, I'm very, very proud to see that this is a huge undertaking for the both of you. And I know firsthand, you guys told me, you know, in prior meetings, it's been extremely challenging, especially on these industries per se, but that's not slowing you down. And it shouldn't because there is so many people that will have your back. You just haven't met them yet, right? Um, and slowly it will get there. So thank you so much for, you know, the work that you're doing and for everything that, you know, you are exposing out there because um, when it takes off, it will be a massive change for the entire industry and i cannot wait to see it thank, thank you. you for yeah thank you for helping us get the word out there you know and if there are folks who want to join in let us yeah. know happy to add to the yeah. team yeah, it's, <laughs> awesome. it's, it's called safe at work policy all one word.com perfect well thank you ladies for being here i appreciate your time i appreciate what you are doing and let's make sure to keep going and never give up Thank, Thank you. you. Life is meant to be fun. You're not hurting anyone. Nobody loses. Let the music make you free. Be what you want to be. Make no excuses. I appreciate you listening today. Remember that it is your reaction to adversity, no adversity itself, that determines how your life story will develop. Now it is the time to do something meaningful and impactful with your story. Help empower others or empower yourself to break that glass ceiling that holds you back. Don't forget to visit our website to learn more about our guests from today and connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. My name is Monica Duani, and I cannot wait to see you transcend. Oh.